10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco. It's noon. It's noon on a Wednesday, everybody. It's high noon. It's time for the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. I am not joined by my regular co-host, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, win today because uh, she is, I don't know, out of the country or doing something awesome. She knows how she is, world traveler. Uh, but I'm here. Uh, Matthew Quirk's going to join us later. And right now, I am with the host of Here and Meow, Paolo Picardo. How are you doing? Uh, he's uh, doing in some sort of interview of, of me. So we're going to start with that here. So uh, so what's this all about? What are we, yeah, what are we just doing? A little, just a little profile. Oh, why don't you talk into a microphone so that oh, we can hear you, too, on my podcast? I need to. Uh, oh, oh, you don't have to have my. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Just pick up that one that you pick up the one right there. Okay. That's perfect. Yeah, there you go. Check, check. Am yeah, I here? Am are. I here? You're here. I'm you're here. On the great, 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 great. So, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and when you got to San Francisco, and uh, when you sure. got started here at Mutiny? Um, yeah, I I was born in Livermore, so I'm a Livermoreon. That's a that's a thing. And um, I grew up in the East Bay, Danville. It's a terrible place of uh, rich fucks that are awful to each other, and um, they're just. Danville is filled with just terrible people that I didn't realize that I was incredibly wealthy as a child because everyone else was so super hyper wealthy that um, they were so wealthy that I thought I was poor. And it was like, I, I, I got a brand new car for my 16th birthday and people made fun of me because it was a Hyundai and not like a BMW. Oh man. It, it's, a, it's a terrible, so sucking wasteland of Lexuses. It's the most awful place you could imagine of just entitlement and just petty assholeness just like i mean i'll never be good enough i'll never be good enough you'll never be good enough that's like exactly what um raised so religiously so religious so much jesus jesus uh supposed to love me jesus doesn't love me i'll never be good enough oh no i'm gonna add um a pot chocolate to mine i made these um do you want do you want a pot chocolate too Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Matthew Quirk here today. I'm very excited about it. So, Close. next question. Yeah. Uh, when did you start, when did you realize that, when did you first start to notice your voice? And when did you start to notice that, hey, maybe my voice can be on a microphone in front of people? Well, um, I always wanted to talk, but no one ever listened. Not the church, not my parents, not my brother, not people in school, not anybody. I went to a Christian school, and I always had things to say, and I wanted to ask questions, and I always had my hand raised, and it was always... Um, I just I never felt listened to as a child. I always felt like I had a voice. I always felt like I had something I wanted to say, and just nobody would listen. And it's really hard. Like even now, I feel like I I accost people with like I, I comedy in bars is people don't necessarily we thrust comedy upon them, and they're like we didn't really want to listen, and I'm like you will listen now. But um, I've always had think I've had a voice and had something I wanted to say, and just not I've never felt listened to and now I'm like oh god there's 500,000 people listening to Mutiny Radio every month downloading all these podcasts and it's great because I feel like I have the opportunity to help people who want to have a voice and a platform they can have that whereas I don't know I just never it was it, my childhood was not rough at all I was incredibly wealthy but it was rough in that emotionally 
I felt that I was somehow not good enough for people to listen to me. Like if I was a better person or if I was prettier or if I was skinnier or if I was better in some way, if I wore better makeup or better clothes or had a better car that people would respect and listen to me. Maybe it's about respect. I yeah, don't know. It sounds like more like a neglectful thing than like rough. I, like I wasn't rough neglected. But ignored, certainly uh, diminished. In diminished. Order, you know, Definitely diminished, but not necessarily. I mean, you couldn't ignore me because the I was ne- like, the, listen to me. I know, but the neglect <laughs> thing was like, this kid needs this and you weren't getting that. So it's not right. like you were starved neglect, but like the emo- all the emotion. I know, poor little rich girl. Nobody liked yeah. me. Oh, it was so difficult and nobody respected me. I mean, it's 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 just, it's a totally first world problem that I, I haven't had. It's and, kind and, of, but and, what separate, every time you talk to these people who are from poor countries who have nothing, well, they, they have nothing in the way of like flat screen TVs, <laughs> but they are totally attended to with their emotional needs. Are they? It seems like they're like they do these happiness quotients, all these poor countries and like third world places. Like they act, they're smiling all the time. Yes, you know? I like, do. I do like Mexico <laughs> quite a bit. There was a thing that happened to me when I was little in Mexico and I had all this change in my person. We were in Tijuana and there were kids that had like nothing and they were asking for money and I had pennies and quarters and nickels and dimes, you know, whatever, just money. And I kind of like started giving it to them. And my mother was like, don't do now, look what you've done now. These urchins are following us. And we had to go into a store to like escape the urchins or whatever. And I was like, I was maybe like six or seven or seven or eight. I was in those formative years when I was like, we have so much, they have nothing. And I, and then, so my parents always called me their little call me pinko liberal. My dad always called me that. It's like, of course I became a, so I'm a Marxist. I'm a hard Marxist because I was told as a child that I was a little call me pinko liberal. Give the money to the poor people, Pam. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So what did it, what is a, what is a kind of a uh, kind of main difference between internet radio and radio that is on an actual frequency on a number? Like, well, speaking well, that's, to I mean, that's pretty that's pretty easy uh, regular radio FCC has rules you have to follow you have to give news at the top of every 10 minutes you have to have station breakers you cannot fuck swear you cannot say certain things you cannot there are so many things that you can't do yeah, on not terrestrial just radio content of curses but content of material some subject yeah. matter actually gets pushed aside uh, absolutely uh, and song you can only play certain music and um, I'm 100% about freedom of speech I, I mean I sort of hate America right now because of the the people that are their voices being heard and I hate that right now and what people are saying and I hate the racism but I, what things I love I love free speech I think it's so important I think that I think that the ability to think is really important and the ability to question and critique and have critical thought as to what's going on and having an opinion based on critical thought is so 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 important. I, I I don't I don't want to champion mediocrity in any way. So, but I do. I don't know. the The thing that is like the the mediocrity that's being championed right now is well, anyone can have a voice. Anyone can be have a podcast. Anyone can have an Instagram and have their dog. Like there are people whose dogs have more followers than Mutiny Radio uh, yeah. at Mutiny Radio SF. Um, th- so, like, what is going on in the world? What is free? But it's all out there. That's great. I love that it's it's all... Some of it at the, out there, I'm like, oh, some of it I don't like. But that's the thing is I get to not like it. I get to not like incest porn. I don't understand why everyone's talking about it. 
as a comedian, I don't really I don't really pay attention to anything in the news except other people's sets. So I learned things like PG&E, the monopoly PG&E is going bankrupt, which I think is so funny. They're a monopoly. If you can't fucking figure it out as a monopoly, what chance do any of us have doing anything? Anyways, I, I'm completely off the rails. I had too much. I'm totally high, and I Ooh. had I'm had so much coffee this morning and so much Ooh, weed. Caffeine now a little high. I'm cool. well, and I'm I smoke stupid amounts of marijuana. So cool. So when <laughs> I when I do when I do Google search uh, Mutiny Radio FM, it says dark and blue humor. Can you explain that a little bit? That color. What does dark and blue humor mean? Uh, you may see that on lots someone's of dick jokes and no, well, fart so, jokes. So and dark, dark in particular. Suicide jokes. Suicide. A lot of suicide death. jokes. Yeah. A lot of suicide jokes. Nice. Blue is like toilet humor, sex humor. Nice. Like if you ever hear someone say uh, the you know the ten o'clock show is pretty blue. It's, you know, a lot of curse words, a lot of fart jokes, a lot of sex And um, for, uh, like, I'll do, I'll do a Zach Wiseman joke. One of his jokes, and of course I'll credit him. He says, uh, you know, I don't understand why people jump off the Golden Gate Bridge. Why, you know, if I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge. Peak to roadway, ample distance to kill yourself. You die every time. Wow. It's a very funny joke. The very why not jump onto the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. so people people do. There's a See lot how of how that. that's dark but not blue. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. but blue would a blue joke. A blue joke, for example, is um, you know I I've always wanted to be with an uncircumcised guy because I want to pull up his dick and pull his foreskin up over his dick and put whiskey in his foreskin because I want whiskey dick for real. <laughs> oh, no. I want whiskey dick for real. It's twofold. Oh it's twofold God. really. And that's blue and not dark. Right. Yeah, it's twofold. I, uh, you know, one, I'm an alcoholic, and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, uh, boys are gross, and you got to get out all that schmegma. So alcohol is a good way to do that. Sure, and it's also helpful. And you learned something, right? You learned about <laughs> you learned a new word, maybe schmegma. Uh, a lot of yeah, or. Also, I find it important in my comedy to be political. So even that joke has a political nature and that I'm talking about circumcision on stage as a woman. And then I'd switch it over because like whiskey dick is a thing and you don't want to have it. But like whiskey dick, like foreskins are cool. I mean, and from a white Presbyterian type lady from the where from my upbringing, that's not the kind of shit that like that would be like my my parents, well, why would you talk about foreskin ah, or whatever? I have a bunch of jokes about foreskin because I think circumcision, his choice, his decision. And, and we in America just chop off all the baby's dicks all the time. We're just like, Wah. anyways, I have a joke about it, but, but I, I think it's, I think it's important to be political. I think that it's important to well, have a point to it. That's why some of that Instagram stuff, like it isn't political and that it's like, look at my shoes. It's, it's material. Right. So, uh, that, that's what you don't like about like the vanilla, uh, basic comedy that it, it one of the foundations of comedy is like truth to power, uh, comfort to the, uh, to the, uh, comfort to the afflicted and affliction to the comforted. And if you're just doing, oh, my shoes, I wish they fit better, wah, wah, you right. know, like sort of stuff that's very, yeah, who are you afflicting? Who are well, you? For, for, you're not speaking, it's like the, the, the whiskey comedy. dick thing and your comment on circumcision, you are speaking truth to power because the major thing is that like, hey, we, also, we chop these I'm, off. I'm trying to make things you know. interesting. I don't want it to be boring. I don't want to listen to anyone's jokes about a TV show they watched. You're going to do jokes about The Bachelor, you lazy fuck. Like... You can actually 
have a point of view that's important that can change people's minds and you can be like a Shakespearean fool sort of per- telling truth to power. Or you can be banal and fucking talk about the bachelorette. Although there is, there is something that happens. She's, I'm being bullied. It's a bachelorette thing. Meow. Like, it's like, oh God, you sign it away when you go so, on uh, TV. Do you, do you come into this building and do other people in the community come into this building more of as a comedian or human ready to perform? I'm a, I mean, I'm a stand-up comic. That's what I want to do. That's what I try to promote. Like, other things I do I'm hoping that people go, oh, yeah, well, she's funny. That's sort of the thing. I've always wanted people to think that I'm smart, but that's probably not going to happen because I have a vagina. <laughs> well, like, no one's ever going to be like that, Pam Benjamin. She is smart because I'm in, not a doctor. You get in on a on a pass, though. Uh, a sense of humor is a sign of intelligence. Oh, good. So you weasel in so on I that one. In. So you, it, it's, it's sort of a, a loophole that your vagina does not uh, prevent you from... I hope so. I, I my vagina. One of the only ones. There's so much. Usually we're pretty tight on like keeping women in their place, but the humor thing we have. Right. We don't know how to get around. How to keep it tight? Keep it tight, ladies. Other than maintaining that women really aren't funny. That's our one way to try to put a kibosh on that. Sure, sure, sure. Because we know that women are not funny. Yeah. When I when I come into this building, I come in as the person that um, is going to clean the toilet. Honestly, like being in charge is the worst because nobody else is responsible. And I'm the person that sticks. I'm the only person that's going to stick my hand in the toilet. Tragedy the, a small, of the commons. Well, the small, a small child asked me, oh, wow, you run a radio station. What does that mean? And I said, it means I clean the toilet. That's basically what it means. I sweep the place and I clean the toilet. I mean, yes, I do more than that. But it comes down to there's a lot of behind the scenes dirty work that happens to make yeah. this place be alive that I don't think that people understand. Yeah. It's so bare bones. Think- it's so, we're so poor. If we can get, if anyone can donate to us for the love of God, I get paid. You wouldn't believe what I live on in this city. And, and I wish that I knew, I wish that I understood. I wish I was less of a socialist and I wish I understood how to get money from people. And I wish I understood how to, we're, we have $4,000 in back dues right now. People haven't been paying their dues, and I don't know how to ask people for money, uh, even off, though they're off, getting off air. I can, I, we can talk about it, me helping you. Okay, because I'm just like I don't know how to. I'm not good at asking people for money, but I know this is a service that's important. I know what I'm doing is important, and and I don't want to be like a martyr anymore. I don't want to feel like like I give up so much for my art, but man, it I don't make any money. Like I could go do, and I have two master's degrees. I should be making actual money, and I'm here like championing free speech, and it's free, and it's like ah, it's very, very, very frustrating trying to be a socialist living in a capitalist world and trying to like have you know integrity and ideals and all that bullshit. It's it's hard. It's I mean. I have a day job, sort of, but I don't even have time for that. So, 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 given that this is like a community radio station open to the public, does that elevate people, or not elevate, but make them happier as regular people to have a space where they can actually share their humor and insights? Um, I I don't know how people value or devalue this space. I don't, or I think that we run a lot of open mics and I think that's important for comedians because stage time is a premium and it, you can't learn stand-up comedy in your bedroom talking to your cat. You, you, you have to have an audience if it's something that you want to pursue and you, it's not just having an audience because sometimes we're our own audience, well, but it's having the stage time yeah. in order to, 
it's also the minimum of saying something out loud, like things right. in your head or whatever. But okay, say it out loud. Like right. how many times have you been there with one of your friends and they'll tell you something and they'll be like, wow, it sounds a lot creepier or dumber or whatever now that I've said it out loud. Sure. You know, like that <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing happens. Like now, now that I said it out loud, I realize how weird it is, you know, or whatever, right. you know. Yeah, my, my so lack the, the idea of just saying like, oh, I think it's so funny and it flows so well in my head. Well, say it out loud. Does it come? Can you? even get it out right you know? and so stage time is is important and, and i provide a lot of stage time to people that's important i mean i don't know what's important why are we all alive i had i swear i had like a existential emotional crisis yesterday watching this one documentary about roe v wade and how they're trying to reverse it and watching this scene of Donald Trump being inaugurated in 2017, it was so mind-blowingly scary. I was like, this is real. This is really happening. This is real. Our rights are being pulled back. Racism is back. Women are nothing. Everything that people have fought for in the 44 years I've been alive, saying that women have the ability to make their own choices for themselves, that 44 years ago, 1974, passed. And I watched this thing and I watched, I'm watching him and I was like, this is fucking real. This is unreal. This is unreal and it's real. And so... Trying to champion free speech right now is more important than ever because the Germans didn't know that Hitler was a bad guy until everyone was dead. Like, they didn't know. They're just Germans. They're just walking around being Germans. Yeah, they Not had the same, all Germans were Nazis. They had the same separation. Oh, they're so far away. Yeah, the yeah, Chancellor, I don't, I don't know him. What's that guy yeah. about? Who's he? Same thing. We are throwing our rights away. We're giving it to this, the religious right. It's so weird. They have a moralistic stance that seems to be built on racism and misogyny and they want to bring it back. Women are powerful because we create or don't create the armies well, or the people or the consumers what, and capital. They want to force poor people to have babies so that they can have soldiers. Yeah. Well, all the religions, I, and not that's it. all, it's but, racist, but we're terrible people. So many of the religions right now are really uh, the three mate, uh, you know, monotheistic. Two, yeah. two of the three majors are, um, seriously, uh, exposed at this point. I mean, uh, the Catholic Church is uh, totally a front for uh, child molestation. Right. You know, the, 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 the Protestant Church, the Christian Church, uh, they are completely backing this guy who speaks to none of their supposed values. Well, he you know, said Islam, he said years Islam ago. Islam is means peace, but like so, like there's this offshoot that's totally for war, and it's like it's really hitting this level of like hypocrisy, hypo and it's like okay, now I see you as just trying to maintain your power and not at all for the beliefs of your religion. Like so much of this is just, I mean, the Catholic Church just give up like two thirds of their gold pay off all those people who they had screwed over yeah. and give up so much of their property and value and land just for credibility. They should go back to begging, you know, for, for, for alms. Sure. Like uh, great. Thank you so much for your time, Pam. Oh, yeah, you bet. Um, thank you so much and enjoy oh, yeah. the, Sorry. enjoy yeah. the Alticast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hope Run I, I hope I, 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 I always get off on the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what the video is about, so I don't even know what, what the, what's, is it for school or something? Uh, YouTube. It's for YouTube. What? Yeah, yeah. What about why on YouTube? Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I just oh. uh, capture moments. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so well, cool. Off the cuff interview. Yeah. yeah, I don't ever know what to so talk about. Off the later. cuff.
Oh, I don't want to see it. I hate myself on video. I absolutely detest. Here's the thing. I do radio because I'm ugly. <laughs> I have a voice not for true, radio. Not true, Pam. Well, I'm not pretty. You I don't have wear makeup. A, yeah, I don't you, wear makeup. You do not have a face for radio. I don't you like do the way I present radio. on video at all. I, so I'd, I'd rather not see it, actually. Cool, okay. <laughs> it's, thank you. Yeah, I hope that that was at all... Uh, in some way useful. Uh, Matthew, tell us what's going on in the news because I have to put this stuff back. Okay, well, I tell you, I just finished listening to this huge Gavin Newsom death panel discussion. Uh, He is uh, currently, or I guess just yesterday, uh, revoked the uh, death penalty. He uh, didn't commute everyone's sentence, but I think it's a, a repeal or something like that. Anyway, no, for the rest of his term... There is a moratorium on um, executions in the state of California. And I didn't even know we could still kill people. We have a death penalty? Right. So that's part of we it. We have a death penalty? I thought California didn't have a death penalty. Okay. Well, we can go round and round on what you thought. The fact is, we do. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, but it's so hard to actually uh, institute. There's all these repeal processes and second guesses. And uh, the one stat that I recall, um, the governor of uh, Illinois a few years back, quite a few years back at this point, took DNA evidence and like put some people on it and to review some of these death penalty cases and out of the 25 that he looked at, 13 of them were uh, proven uh, mistaken guilty convictions just on a cursory look. 13 out of 25 is more than half. That the people didn't really even commit the crime. Right. Those, And that was just, you know, we're not even into bad lawyers or corrupt police or mistaken eyewitnesses or, you know, any of the other multitude of things that could have uh, gone for a wrongful conviction. I think it was just DNA alone. Just And it's like, wait, half of them? So he commuted all their sentences immediately. He was like, we have a serious flaw. You know, there's been other uh, high-profile cases of people who, after they get the death penalty, they realize they were innocent. People come forward and admit perjuring themselves or whatever. And um, it, it just really is one of those things. Because it's like police tactics and shit back then. They were just like racist as Well, fuck. it's all the idea of like, uh, here's the, the idea of... Um, and this is brought up all the time whenever someone's for the death penalty. They really harp on the most horrible cases. They're like, look, if someone murdered your baby in front of your face and cut off its head and tortured it, you'd want them killed, wouldn't you? It's like, well, geez, yeah, that's this, you know. But, uh, but through that uh, case that they put... Most people who get the death penalty are uh, poor people who were in a robbery that went wrong, right? They're not these uh, death, torture, murder psychopaths that are. Oh, the, right. They they robbed the they robbed the, the bank fantasy, and accidentally yeah. they shot someone. The and- fantasy of the death penalty is for oh Ted Bundy, oh Night Stalker. Okay, these guys. All right, I'm for that. But the reality of death penalty, it's kind of like a, a criminal justice mishaps that 
you know, end this guy. And then there's all these appeals process. And FYI, everyone who's for the death penalty, life without parole is no light sentence. <laughs> that, right, that's you know, true. Yeah, like, killing them immediately point. is sort of like, they didn't get to suffer, you know, like... Um, so I want to, you know, it, it seems well, like the state. the thing is that, I think is it really our vengeance. place to make people suffer? Is it our place to no, be but I the get, judge and say, right. they did this and now they must suffer? Okay, you're, in this you're hitting on a liberal point. I don't need to convince the liberals to be against the death penalty. Right. What I'm talking about is the conservative points. Sure. Like these people deserve, and it's basically. Well, what makes conservatives such fuckheads that they are so entitled that they get to decide we only Fuck have how long, how long do we have on this uh podcast till because because to get into why would take a couple of days of psychoanalysis i'm just gonna speed up and get right to the this is their point it doesn't matter so why their point is they're, they're, they're bad it, it, people and they should die the gist of their point is a vengeance thing that these people need to have v- vengeance for like I need to take vengeance over you. The state needs vengeance over you for what you did against our people. You know, you killed someone and we need to take vengeance. And um, it's not our, but that's the thing is it should, because they're so Christian, it should be about God. Like once again, if we don't have three hours, we don't have three hours to get into that. Yeah. So that point is, this is their issue. This is their point. We need to show these people what's up. And it's like, well, a decent argument is if you kill them right away, your vengeance thing, it satisfies your right for vengeance, but does it satisfy the actual victims? Mm. You know, this is a lot of people who aren't actually victims chiming in to get a piece of that. I mean, they used to have picnics at public hangings. Wow. You know, well, yeah, I mean, if we look back historically, that was where it but, was in the center square. And but the, these are all these people who have and... nothing to do with the crime, just getting a little sick fantasy. It's sort of like, have you ever seen some dudes like beating the crap out of someone at a bar and some little punk ass will come in and take a shot at the dude while he's like defenseless and getting jumped? And it's like, oh, that punk has no business in this fight. He's just taking a cheap shot. And so much of the people who are for the death penalty are not victims of crimes. They just want a little guilt-free, watch-a-guy-die thing, in my opinion. Well, I mean, and it does go back all the way to the Romans. There was gladiator things. And oh, wait, they, we, wait, they love Way we, before that, this is inseparable from our animal instincts. I don't understand. So, you know, I don't agree with that, though, because I'm not, I can't, I can't even not watch Braveheart. A, uh, not your instincts. That's one data point. I'm talking the instincts of greater humanity. And you I, cannot I, look at greater humanity and say that violence has nothing to do with it. I don't think it has to. I I mean, yeah, but I think maybe it's 50-50. Like everything else, everything gets polarized. There's fight or flight. It's 50-50, black or white. It's easy to look at humanity and say, yeah, violence is in there. I mean, just because... Violence, okay, yeah, so violence is in there, but I think that we can access our higher selves and not play into that violence. Sure, but that's a big leap. It's not that big of a leap if you have empathy that's, and you're once again if oh, for a person that's true, but for people, all seven hundred or seven billion of us, that's a bigger ask in my opinion. It's not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight. No, it's definitely not gonna and, happen overnight. And and the idea that like uh, life imprisonment is some kind of break, the, right. you know, obviously right. never been in jail or prison. 
I I didn't realize what that interview was for, and now I'm bummed because I feel like I came off like a crazy person. Not that I think that his YouTube channel is going to have so many people watching it, but I mean, well, I, I look like a crazy person. I mean, because I'm all hopped up on this is what alcoholics right would call a moment of clarity. <laughs> well, I just I wish that I would have known what that what the yeah. purpose of the interview hey, was he was asking weird questions too where i'm like those are kind of obvious questions aren't they like well yeah, what, what the, do i think about this the I, basic I interview questions i'm, I'm like yeah. what am i supposed to talk about? anyway so uh back to the death penalty thing um there's so much wrong and every time someone is like trying to be for the death penalty like on these interviews you hear it all the time they were so quickly get into oh the victims and the death and the torture and they killed and they killed yeah. and it's like they it's just the same- keep on pressing the fear rage it's the same argument about the um, emo- the, de- the dead babies but it's they the just keep hitting the emotion button they don't yeah. they, um, they spend half their answer that's that's how that's how Donald Trump yeah. won the election with that one yeah. thing with Hillary and they're talking about pro choice and he said nine months a baby is ripped from the womb ripped he said it twice, ripped from the womb at nine months. And he used this really graphic sort of, you know, scintillating imagery that was bloody and yeah. scary and gross. And that is what tipped the scales. And and by the way, we have so like to look at the death penalty and the legal stuff behind it, you can't really separate it too much from our general justice system, right? It's all part of a larger scheme. And within that, we have a thing called bias. Right. Like, how come none of the victims are on the jury? Well, because... Because <laughs> they're we, dead. No, no, I mean, excuse me, the family of the victims. Right, the family of the victims. How come none of them are on the jury? Well, because we know that they're going to be heavily weighted for the punishment, the worst possible punishment. Right. So for the death penalty argument to keep on going back to, well, the victims of the, the family's victims really want vengeance... It's like, yeah, that's why we don't have money. We know the, the thing. Here's the thing about the death penalty. Think. Here's the problem yeah. with the death penalty. Once we're okay with the death penalty, and everyone, let's say, let's say they go, okay, in the United States, death penalty everywhere. Everyone has death penalty. That's when we lose human rights. We lose rights as U.S. citizens because now anyone can be put to death for. And yes, it's a more extreme reason for whatever happens, but things can be. It we lose a fundamental. American right to life, liberty, yeah. and the pursuit of happiness. It's the first fucking thing in the goddamn Constitution. Yeah, Life, liberty, to be alive, to be able to do what I want, and to try to be happy. Th- that is fundamentally who we are as Americans. If we all support the death penalty, we don't support Americans. Yeah, Life, no life. Life, I, death. Yeah. What the fuck? Are we that stupid? It's the same thing if we asked our president right now what are the first three words of the Constitution. He would not know. Even though with that whole thing, he said that he would uphold the Constitution when he became the goddamn president. He said he would uphold it. He doesn't even know what the Constitution is. He doesn't even know. And he flipped. He's, I, I'd like to talk to him now about what he says about 9-11 because he's on tape saying it was an inside job right after it happened. I know dem- no one knows demolition like I know demolition. I know demolition and those buildings were demolished. Now, if you asked him now, would he say something completely different? I bet he would. Right. but I know I'm trying, off your topic, but still. Well, also, uh, if you're trying to point out that Trump is a liar, yeah. I think you're about three years late. Mm. Um so, um, 
He is though. He's a liar, Batman. Right, but like I said, you're three years late. This is not news. It's not breaking. I mean, I can't wait for the next guy to get fired from the Trump administration to write their book exposing how he doesn't pay attention in meetings. Yeah, New like, York charges like, Manafort with 16 crimes. If he's convicted, Trump can't pardon him. Yeah, that's a fed. He only has federal powers for that. Uh, yeah, fucking Manafort. Um, yeah, just talk Manafort's about injustice. Sentence last week was absurd. Correct. <laughs> it is. Uh, unfortunately, everyone expected things to happen with this second sentencing he got because there was like he was on two trials at once, um, and uh, you know he got like apparently a fairly correct sentence for what he did wrong for this second thing, but he wasn't even in the, um, those sentences weren't even in the ballpark of what he deserves as a criminal. Sure. Uh, So like, uh, the first sentencing that he got was more like what he deserves as a criminal. And, uh, by the way, all the people on the right who I'm sure, um, were supporting child separation policy Mm. and their basic gist of it was like, Hey, if you don't want this to happen, don't break our laws, respect our laws. And then we won't rip your children from there. You know? Okay. That's pretty cavalier. So actually uh, everyone who feels that way about the child separation policy should really be for Manafort getting a life sentence. Like they should really, because he didn't respect our laws. Right. right. It's the exact same logic. He was not, you know, he should expect no mercy from the courts. And uh, talk about crocodile tears. Uh, the mercy he asked from the court while he was on house arrest, he was furthering uh, tampering with witnesses. So they had to bring him back into uh, jail. In jail, he was further trying to tamper with witnesses, uh, even with his plea agreement. So they had to put him in solitary so he couldn't tamper with witnesses anymore and then he asked for mercy from the court he obviously has no respect for the court the guy's a lawyer and also committed these crimes 7.5 years in prison that's it trump's former campaign chairman has been sentenced to a total of 7.5 years in prison for a variety of federal crimes i mean it's far less they say he had a blameless life but he worked for the torture lobby that was the nickname of the lobby he and roger stone were like they were supporting drug lords and warlords. And- I'm telling you, America's falling apart. The the class war is coming. It's, it's this is all preparation. This is all, and people are going to be like, and I, I meant I, to say go this- to Mexico. This is fucking scary stuff. The, I'm I just watched that abortion thing, and Netflix makes everything real. And I don't understand how people are letting Netflix get away with it, like opening people's minds with documentaries. Are they putting them out there, and just other people aren't watching them? They're like, oh well, yeah, fuck that no, thing about abortion. They're not on TV. They're not so like they can show whatever they want. It's so good. There's so much stuff on there right now that's like stuff that I, I is even opening. I didn't even realize so how much to, how many rollbacks yeah. there have been on our. Our right to choose yeah, our female women's human rights. I actually can't believe they brought back trickle down economics in my lifetime because it, right. it failed when I was like it's twenty. Good for rich people, but it's not that good. Here's why I have to ask rich people: um, if you have to build a gated community to keep from bumping into normal Americans, because I don't see how that's good. <laughs> you know, uh, 
you know, oh, fuck the poor. But the poor are breaking into your car and stealing your, your radio. Like, this is, I don't see why that's, an, you know, how is that better for you? And insurance, it's no big deal. It is a big deal, though, because now they have to, because they're in fear of, oh. you know, like, they've got to build a gate. Someone might break in. It's true. I have to hire armed guards. Like, right. you, you like, uh, so anyway, I meant to make a point earlier when you were talking to the interview guy. I thought that maybe he was going to clip it together or I didn't know what it was. I didn't know the purpose. He did bounce in the middle of a sentence. It was like, okay, I got to go. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. I don't know. I guess he got what he wanted. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a very good interview because I don't like being filmed. Yeah, it, shows, <laughs> like, it shows you how bad I am at what I do because I don't know how to just leave as soon as I get what I need. I, I somehow have social obligations to stay around and listen to other people and see that there's a break to th- like, the conver- like the conversation end. You know, like, right. As opposed to just, oh, I got what I need. Okay, bye. See you guys. Millennials but, are weird. They really are. They're really, there's, I don't get it. And I, and I don't, like, I just feel this disconnect from, inst- like, the people who, everyone loves Instagram now. And I don't get it because I find it so boring. It, it's just pictures. And it's like, fuck you guys. I just, I don't know. I just don't want to see, maybe. It's a lot of, it's it, what, you, what you do a lot of, too, in your own special way. Navel gazing. It's a public form of navel gazing. Like, what does that mean? Uh, um, navel gazing? Staring I know it, at your own, like, it's just, I'm so focused on my own, oh, I have an issue with this, and I'm just so hyper-focused. It's like, okay, enough navel gazing. Look at the world around you, or, uh, oh, you know, like, like sure. you're so worried about how, uh, oh, where's my importance? What am I, where's my importance? I don't know. You think the homeless guy around the corner is worried about his importance and what he's contributing, you know, yeah. like. Just do what you do and quit waiting for the world, you know, to be right. easily. Of course, I'm waiting for accolades as well. Right. But like you've achieved so much and you're still waiting for everyone else to pat you on the back. It's like, fuck it, Pam, you've got a thing already. You don't need their pats on the back anymore. You needed that five years ago. Now that you've got a thing, it's like, oh, fuck it. I don't need pat. You're like, I've got, you got your own platform. You got your own stage. You got your own. Uh, broadcast, you know, you've got you've got your own followers. Like I, I don't, I don't know if I have followers. Though. How many people I, download? I still feel like though that that's in rough, broad strokes your followers. Well, I don't know, but I still hey, if you thank you guys, press that donate button on the Mutiny Radio dot yeah. FM pcrcollective.org website and if anyone's good at computers out there I need help so much like my director at mutinyradio.fm email went away and I, I don't know how to fix it it's we have two websites that move to each other I have no idea what I'm doing if you're good at I, we don't I'd love an app if anybody knows how to make an app we you can't hear us on your phones you can only hear us on laptops or desktops because of something that I don't understand so if anyone there's so much stuff I need help with and People tell me all the time, you're not good at asking for help. And I'm like, no, no, I ask for help all the time. Just people say, oh, I'll do it. And then they never do. Like, well, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've, have been interns here and then they do it for like two weeks and then they're gone. And it's like, okay, I get it. You didn't want to commit. Well, to play the devil's advocate in this, sometimes when I hear you ask for help, it's uh, in a whirlwind. <laughs> it oh, comes yeah. exploding out of your mouth amongst 50 other things that you're... Uh, you know, on your mind because like a thing's about to happen and you're stressed about the other thing. So it's not always like a fair, like, hey, I need help with this. Can you help me with this on Tuesday? Right. It's more like, oh, and I this, and I have that going on, and I have this. See, I just asked for help. It's like, not really. You just tirated, you know? So <laughs> some some of it's the, the messenger a little bit. Ah. But, but I... 
but I see your point. You <laughs> yeah, know, like so some funny. some compassionate people should be like, well, she's tirading because she needs help. Like it's like it's a self fulfilling sort of loop, right. Yeah, know? like she's stressed because she needs help. She needs help because she's stressed. She, you know. Yeah, it just um, goes around and fuck, around. Fuck, I forget what point I wanted to make about something you said earlier. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, navel gazing. So this is like public nasal gaze. Like, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm eating. Look where I oh, am. Look what. I, and it's like, you know, how many people have took a photograph in front of the Eiffel Tower? Fair enough. It's not special anymore. Yeah. Like I'm at the Eiffel Tower. I'm with a tiger. Yeah, you and a billion yeah. other people. Like it's not yeah. like. Uh, not, not well, it's 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 the it's the personification of our idealized self. It's it's hey. This is who I think I am. This is who I want you to see yeah. me as. But it's also, okay, Eiffel Tower, pyramids, Great Wall of China. It's gotten sure. down to breakfast today, snack. Right. How I can uh, put the doggy ears on. I'm bored for a second. I'm bored Something for a second. Something uninteresting. My next meal, here's a snack. Well, like why yeah. and... I don't know. People subscribe. Like the, the, there's there's people that take pictures of what they're wearing every day, yeah. and people like to look at that. And I'm like, what is wrong with us? Yeah. And what is fucking wrong with us? Well, n in a sense, nothing. Our voyeurism. Nothing is wrong with us. We just now have these tools to amplify. I mean, we're, we're in the performance community, right? Sure. I don't know if we're in show. You might be in showbiz. I don't know if I'm in showbiz. I know we're the, we're on the same we're on the same level, dude. <laughs> no, you're fantastic. I'm just a guy who gets on fantastics once in a while. Uh, uh, so, um, I mean, how many performers do we know that someone should long ago have said you have nothing to add? You're not interesting. Oof. This isn't breakthrough. You're not even clever. There's, there's a com there's a comedian. I I keep going to Hotel Utah on Saturdays, and there's this one comic. I won't even tell you the gender so that nobody, so I'm not talking. Yeah, you shouldn't even said Hotel Utah. You just said a comic in the community because that disperses okay. the well, details enough. This person, I've never laughed at a joke they've told. It's so painful. I, I want to bring pull that person aside and be like, maybe this isn't for you. So bad, but it's like this person isn't even like they're kind of telling stories, but they are, don't have any punchlines at all. And then they sort of stop as if it's a punchline, and it's not. And I'm just like, wow. But it, there's there can be such a level, and then it makes me think about myself that that person has such a level of disconnect as to it's like, are they having fun? Because it doesn't look like it, and no one's having fun when they're no one's enjoying what they're having to say, and they're just not getting it. And I'm like, are they? Is this person delusional? Like, yeah. do they not understand not, what's happening? Not that I'm some perfect example, but I'll, you know, and they get the usual fist bumps after their thing, right? So I... I no, I don't think this person, this person has a, a person they hang out with in the community, but yeah. they are, it is like, I'm just aghast well, come, every time I see them. I'm I like, even get... It, like, you're so bad. I'll, I'll go to some of these things and get, you know, a small spattering of laughter. And, and You're funny though. But with comics... It's hard to tell what's funny. Small spattering. It's like a big laughs amongst civilians, you know? Sure, sure. But then, like, you know, I see someone who does crappy, and they get, like, the five fist bumps on their way out off the stage. And then I, I, I get some laughs, and I get the same five fist bumps. And so I'm like, well, am I even really that funny? Is this just the perfunctory fist bump for the courage of getting on stage? Like, what's the, you know... Yeah, what's the, the what's the system of... When do we feel like we've been acknowledged? What's the reward system? Yeah. Where do you really rank around here and everything? All that, yeah. Um, I had really good sets last I, night. I thought I had a really funny set at OMG. Yeah. But 
I mean, who cares? It's it's it's, it's <laughs> pearls before no nobody. There were the, that one girl brought two other girls though. Yeah, but I get. So, but basically, OMG in general is like even with a packed house in, in air quotes, sure. it's a fairly dead space. <laughs> I, I I felt like last night though, so, the, that one girl brought some life and I felt like there was an actual audience there for a minute. For right. Me. Compared to OMG, those two, sure. those two extra people are definitely audience. Right. But like, um, you know, compared to like an audience, that's right. just, it's an empty sure. room. Right, you know exactly. I mean? So we're we're couching our thing, and like I said, it was a good set, but it's like pearls before I would say swine, but there was hardly anybody there. It wasn't right. even swine; it was right. just pearls. It's just <laughs> and, uh, so like you'll you'll have, you'll do some killer stuff at a place like that, and it's like you know, sort of like a taupe. Uh, Right, you're talking to nobody who isn't in the three of them aren't even paying attention. It's well, like, that's, Jesus that's Christ! Fair I, I wrote you know. a new joke last night though. I'm relatively proud of it's. Uh, I have a zit in my vagina, is the new liberal slang for getting an abortion. <laughs> I need a medical procedure. <laughs> I just I'm, I watch. I think that's I think that's a funny joke. I'm proud it's of it. Clever. It's weird. Uh, so yeah. Abortions. So what do you do? What can abortions. you do? Yeah. What can we do? I don't know. It's like I wish there was a. Uh, I want it. Let's uh, let's let's talk about a skit we're gonna make here. Okay. About the uh, we form a uh, a comedy. Um, I'd bring you with me to Oregon, but I can't. It's one of those things where like I probably people, can't go to Oregon. Yeah. People keep saying. Um, <laughs> People keep saying, well, why don't you get like a group of people together and use your connections in those places? And I'm like, because I can't get everybody rooms. The, the not, beauty of not me going up that, alone. Yeah, not just that, but like, okay, I have that week off, but does like... Right, those 10 days. But, but does like person B have that in the next comic? So like, sure, sure, sure. your crew of five, can you get all five of them to have the same month off to go do stuff with right. you? But then that's the other thing is like, I guess if there's five of you, then you can all split one hotel room or one Airbnb. But a lot of Airbnbs won't even let you have, they'll say, oh, it's two max or whatever, and you can't have extra people. Yeah. And so... It wouldn't. It wouldn't be cost. That's the thing. Going alone, I can have. I can sleep on couches. Yeah. I don't have to pay hardly anything. Right. It, but going the, with a crew just doesn't make sense. The levels of complication and how yeah. many comics are you going to get together before you get someone with some behavioral or, or sure. drug problems right. that are going to just. It's not my responsibility. I'd rather just take care of myself on the uh, road. Right, but also it's like they'll just like. Well, they were here for the last show. Where are they now? Like, oh, they just wandered off. They started drinking and now they're at a bar two blocks away and we have no clue where the fuck they are. You know, like you right. just can't, you know, the the concept is way different than the reality of bringing it Also, I don't even know who I'd, I was going to go on tour with Steve Poggi and this other guy. What were we going to call it? The tiny, the something about robots. It was like, I don't remember, but it all fell through sadly. But I, I, I don't Well, anyway, I all see it like the, um, <laughs> The uh, the first weekend of American Idol, you know, where they have like all the people who suck and they're just they spend two weeks just on them and how yeah, amazing yeah. it is that they have no idea how much they suck. Right. And uh, I then I, I oftentimes wonder if that's the case with me sometimes like do I not am I not self-aware enough to know that I'm uh, I'm am I not self-aware of my own mediocrity? Right, I got I, I gotta wonder that too, you know. And I know, you know, conversationally funny is extremely different than uh, right performance funny. Sure, and uh, you know, but I, I had a few the other day, even at the workshop and, uh, and whatever. Like you'll try to write stuff on the news, and you spend too much time preaching and not enough time making a joke out right. of it. Right. Well, it's it, I have that problem with some Bible stuff. It's I 
been trying to work on my my Esther joke works, but my Ruth joke doesn't work enough because I have to give so much background on yeah. the Bible that people are out of lost, it. Lost, yeah. They're lost before I even start. Drop it. So it's it has to be a biblical crowd. I have to be able to use it in a place where I'm like, all right, who loves the Bible? What did I do? Yeah, know? I tell you what, even you can even ask uh, rabbinical scholars. Ruth ain't funny. R- Ruth Esther, funny. Ruth, not funny. No, super funny. I'm just kidding. She listened to the. <laughs> she listened to her ex mother in law. Every rabbi knows that Ruth dude. is not funny. No. Um, Ruth Ginsburg, Bader Ginsburg, hilarious. Just kidding. Oh, someone doesn't know that I'm in the middle of my show. Who's who's being a jerk face? Sagis the the. Savior? Oh yeah, she's it's suggests. Oh, you got it. Press Sorry. reject. She should know I'm live on air. I can't talk to her. That's a that's a. There we go. I'm on air, suggest. Come on. And we, sorry for mispronouncing your name. No, it's fine. It's hard to, it's a, it's a cool name. Yeah. Anyway, this is the AltaCast you guys are listening to on Mutiny Radio. Uh, high noon, going through the socialist news. LaToya, not around. Uh, death penalty stuff. Talked about that. Talked we about are my, re-voking. Disil- my, my, il- disillusionment with the current political climate. Oh, and on top of that, one of the things that they bring up is that we have apparently started fucking up the actual death part of the death penalty. That uh, the chemicals, there was a misuse of the chemicals, so these people were like being tortured to death, actually. Like the injections weren't ending their life like they should have. Whoa. And now European countries that make these chemicals have figured out the only thing Americans use these chemicals for is for the death penalty. And so countries that don't have the death penalty are like, well, we're not going to sell you these chemicals for the death penalty. So now they're scrambling to find other chemicals to find. So it's all just confusion on top of confusion and if we're gonna have the death penalty shoot him in the fucking face like what's the problem if everyone why make it humane it's already an inhumane thing it's so stupid if you're gonna have it and you're like oh it's not humane enough to kill it's like fucking shoot him in the face hang him whatever if you're gonna be a dick and you're gonna murder somebody for murdering someone else then just do it well there's a billion ways to kill people there's so many ways this is all part of it like um you know uh so with the death penalty who is the actual killer? Right. The, the governor, the judge, the jury, the the prosecutor, the executioner, the warden. You know, it's all this. It's all spread out. And even when they had firing squads, they would have like 10 guys, two bullets, eight blanks. Nobody's sure who's who. So when you start shooting people in the face, it's like, OK, you killed that prisoner and we just found out through DNA evidence after the fact that he was innocent. And like it starts getting all these complications. So they want to diffuse the guilt, you know? So having like three injections and one stops your heart and one stops your breathing and one stops your thinking. Stupid. They kind of want to spread that because it's not stupid. Right. It's all. It's, but that's part of what I'm getting at. This is like the idea of like you pull at one string and the whole sweater comes apart. Right. So like, oh, we don't have the right chemicals. Why don't you just throw them off a bridge? Yeah. Well, throw them off a bridge. Well, sure. Who's going to throw them off the bridge? Now they're a murderer. When we used to have this thing that sort of spread out the guilt. So there was no. They wear one- a mask. No 
nobody knows. The henchman always wore a henchy hat. Come on. But even that henchman, like I said, there was a governor involved. There was a prosecutor. Like they're trying to spread out the guilt. And if you have one guy throwing someone else off a bridge, okay, it's all your fault if anything goes wrong. Like uh, it's the, back to the old sheriff days. But Just you're have gonna the sheriff shoot him. But but all those old sheriff days were. Your cow rustler, you stole a cow, you Bef- get shot in the face. Before we had, and we saw that as barbaric, and we're trying to get away from the barbarism. And so this has all been like half steps away from barbarism. Sure. And now we finally hit that point of like, wait a minute, if we're trying to go to from barbarism, why are we still killing people? Sure. That's, so that's, all that seems obvious to me. Right. But like, you got to see it from their point. I, Here's I the other thing. Here's I don't the other need thing. to convince you why it's stupid. No, I gotcha. Here's I'm the other thing <laughs> is that with the Gavin Newsom thing. Yeah. On the Google News, they put their bias in right here. It says, California Governor Gavin Newsom's death penalty order gives reprieve to these serial killers, child murderers. That is so loaded. That is so for my parents. That is so written for the people in Arizona that are like, child murderers and serial killers, all those crazy Californians with their left-leaning politics. Like I said, that's the false premise that they get the death penalty in on in the first place. Right, but but it's right here in Google. And what I'm saying is that this is bias. This is so much bias right here by saying... He could have, they could have just said, Governor Gavin Newsom's death penalty order gives a reprieve. But to mention serial killers and child murderers, right. that makes it, 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 it if they p- were pumps really, up the issue. It's like, it's like a trigger button issue. It's like, oh no, I'm triggered. If he they said, were really fair and balanced, they would also put in there how the um, uh, abused wife who killed her husband and the... Ineffective, this is his quote, ineffective, irreversible, and immoral. Gavin Newsom halts death penalty for 737 inmates. So good on you. Yeah. So, but like, like I said, if they were fair and balanced, they would also mention the robberies gone wrong that are on death row and uh, all that other stuff. And if they were really fair and balanced, they would also mention the wrongful uh, executions that we now know that have been committed. Um, you know, no one even talks about. Um, uh, darn it. I've, their name, uh, Esther. This was McCarthy, a the spies in the fifties. Oh right, um, it was a they were it was a man and a wife. It was, it was a husband and, and wife. They I wrote a were, poem about them. That these were commies. Wrong, wrongfully convicted of, and yeah. executed for spying. Communism. Um, you know, like there, there, this, this isn't some foolproof. It's not like there's some magic, perfect justice that this thing implies that there's all kinds of imperfections here. And like I said, this is all, you know, why not just kill them? Well, because we're trying to be like, uh, you know, who's going to be the actual knife wielder? Who's going to be the actual throw them off the thing? And like, no one wants that. So they diffuse the responsibility. And, 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 and we've gotten to this diffusion of responsibility to the point where finally we're facing up to, well, why are we still doing this? Yeah. Why are we still killing people? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I tried to look up commies killed in the 50s, but I uh, didn't get as what I was looking for. That was I'm not very Roth, good at internet. Rothschilds, Rothbergers, Ro- Rosenberg, yeah. Rosenberg, Rosenberg. There it is. Yeah, there the Rosenbergs it is. were wrongfully acute. Like, you know, where, where where's the, uh, you know, enough about the uh, uh, serial killers. Like, I think we're pretty much for serial killers getting the death penalty. Unfortunately, the, the, the Rosenbergs got lopped in there. I mean... And our and our basic theory of justice is um, got a hundred people in a room. One of them's guilty. We set them all free rather than convict the wrong one, as opposed to 
um, you know, Maoist China, where if there was one guilty in a room of a hundred, kill all hundred to make sure. sure to get the guilty one. See, we we <laughs> diverged from that path. The innocent till proven guilty thing. The all twelve have to vote you guilty. The more money you have, the easier it is to no, get that's off. That's a side. Th- that's a right. side. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But but that uh, whole bail system is so dumb. Right. It's like you're in jail. But I'm getting waiting. to our basic idea. I'm yeah. not getting to yeah. how we've no, have I, corrupted it over time. Yes. But um. But we can, that smooths right very well into a next major news story, the FBI arresting all those rich white people for um, scamming to uh, get their children into a nice college. Uh, Here is a thing from the HuffPost I'm excited about. Samuel L. Jackson issues blistering warning to people staying silent about Donald Trump. And this is something that I absolutely touched on earlier with the the Germans in that crazy interview. I'm like, the Germans didn't know they were, they, okay, so same thing. We don't know that we're part of a totalitarian regime that's growing and taking away our personal rights and freedoms. Did, did we not know that's happening right now? Samuel L. Jackson issues, blah, 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 blah. Samuel L. Jackson has sent a scathing message to people who aren't speaking out against President Donald Trump. In an interview with Esquire magazine, the Captain Marvel star said it was not fucking okay that, quote, this motherfucker is ruining the planet and all kinds of other crazy shit. Let's see if I can do the Samuel L. Jackson voice. Uh, not fucking okay. This motherfucker is ru- like is like ruining the planet and all kinds of other crazy shit. <laughs> Quote, and if you're not saying anything, then you're complicit. You're speaking way too fast for Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Um, this motherfucker. This is some crazy shit. This motherfucker is like ruining the planet and all kinds of other crazy shit. And if you're not saying anything, then you're complicit. He added. Jackson has been a vocal critic of the president, most recently firing back at his claim to be a champion of the black community, backing Representative Rashida Tlaib's rallying cry to impeach the motherfucker and dumping on Trump's idea to arm some school teachers. And Jackson, 70, do you know Samuel Jackson is 70 years old? I didn't know that, but I figured he was up there. And Jackson, 70, he looks great, told Esquire he'd still tweet that shit out, even if Uh, He were a garbage man and not a movie legend with 4.5 million followers on Instagram and 7.8 million on Twitter. I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about how I how I am and what my job is when I do that shit. He explained elsewhere in interviews published online Tuesday. Jackson claimed Trump and all those assholes, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, were the same fucking guys that would call him a racial slur when he was growing up in legally segregated Tennessee. There was no doubt about where they stood and that you were never going to be their equal. And if possible, they were going to make sure you never had as much shit as they had, he said. And they were worried about the chasteness of their women and miscegenation and not having enough of them and there being more of us than are of them. Wow. He's talking about racism. What do you think about that? Um, Well, just on the... All that shit. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot to untangle there. So one thing I want to say earlier, which ties in a little bit to this. um, Do you remember... Cambridge Analytics. Yes, absolutely. All right. What was the what's the moral out of Cambridge Analytics? The moral of Cam- Cambridge Analytics is that we are important as our data. Like we as people that the 
that following us and collecting our data makes money for people because they can target us better. Yeah. And they can they can use our own likes and dislikes against and for us depending with marketing and right whatnot. basically it i would dr- that that was a, a nice synopsis uh i would even drill down a little further on this like what i learned from cambridge analytics is that we've all been lied to we've been oh. jerked around with great Jeez. psychological sophistication yep and that is what has separate and they totally out us and i i don't know why the whole country didn't just at that point be like okay Let's reel it all back in and start up because, like, uh, you know, uh, the sex ring pizza shop in the basement that Clinton was running. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. But that's like a perfect example of like a kind of lie that the other side wanted to hear. And at it's that- like it's like the shithole. It's like the king of Norway saying we're changing our name from Norway to shithole because we are supporting the shithole countries. That was fake news, and I totally believed it. When it came out, I was like, "This is real. This is great." I even reported it. I'm like, "Look at this. This is amazing. Norway is changing their name to shithole right. in solidarity a perfect, against Trump." A perfect example <laughs> exactly of a lie to told to the left. That right. was what you wanted to hear. It was exactly what I wanted to hear. Like you don't even need proof. It was so what no, you I, wanted to hear. I believed it. Done. So, so much of what we're fighting about now is uh, based on lies that we wanted to hear. We're not even really talking about real things. I remember having this discussion in the lead up to the 2016 election. This guy was like, well, what about them taking our guns? And I was like, dude, how? How can they take our guns? Drugs are illegal. They can't take all the drugs. You know what I mean? Like thing after thing. And... Um, like the idea that they're going to take all of America's guns is as impossible as they're going to get rid of all the illegal so aliens. Here's the point it's on like, the guns. It's the kind of lie that will keep you in place. But if you think about it for a second, there's no fucking way they can do it. The amendment doesn't even matter anymore because the entire reason it was put into place was that we could rise up against our own oppressor. If our own government right. has a problem, then we should so. have guns. But now it doesn't matter because they have tanks and they have fucking huge big weapons. They have they have they have bombs that are bigger. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Having a gun to rise up against our oppressor is a dead dumb right. issue because we can't rise up because they're too strong. There's too okay, much military advancement. Unless I can have a bomb in a fucking briefcase to use against my government there's no equality it doesn't matter guns are dumb yeah. the whole point is moot right so okay don't 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 get preachy no i know i'm sorry uh but my my point is that what they lied to the left about um was they're going to like cruelly deport all these hard-working aliens that are just here trying to make a better life okay uh, when, when they break down how long it takes to deport 11 million people, it takes like 12 years or something like that. <laughs> you know, it, ta- it, took, it, took, it takes years to get rid of that many people. Uh, assuming nobody comes in in the meanwhile. You just flat out get it. Like, a dead but stop. how do we tell who's legal and who's illegal? Okay, see what I mean? Impossible. 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 So, uh, but that was the lie told to one side to keep them in line in one way. And the lie told to the other side to keep them in line is like, hey, if they get in charge, they're going to take all your guns. Another imp- how I'm looking at a street through the window here with all these houses and apartments. Which ones have guns? I don't know. We're going to search every household in the country and find all their stat. No fucking way. No one's even going to bother. So, like, it was just this totally bullshit lie. Never going to happen, even under the worst circumstances. But it was like... 
the thing to keep and, us separated. And at the same and time, nobody was to just flat out say. Everyone's still like, oh my god, my god, oh my god, my friends who are illegal. Oh my god, oh my god. it's like, dude, they're never gonna do it. This is just a lie. Well, except that, and while these lies are happening, real things are being taken away, like the abortion rights, right. and like the Supreme Court so, getting the Supreme Court getting nominations. If we're nominating, right. we're letting this person shape our courts, yeah. shape our courts for the next forty. 50 years for the next generation we're giving this corporate so, asshole all of his corporate friends so that they can shape our legislation they can shape our lives yeah. through the court system I mean, I'm not a I, I, it's I, terrible it's I'm, awful I'm not for Trump I'm also not no for, I know but the wait, thing is listen, that it's, me, it's really scary okay just don't jump down my throat okay so I'm not for Trump uh, uh, um, but because we were all suckered in that last election uh I, I don't see how we can like okay well that's defunct we have to elect someone else or whoever was in second place automatically wins no 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 that's too you know however we were all suckered and I don't see why even the people on the other side are just like hey I, I don't want to be a sucker we gotta revamp all this well, shit and there for was the, for the next time there, the thing is that a lot of people in I know specifically Missouri um because I know people who work yeah, there. Okay. They're upset this year because their tax returns were different. He fucked with the tax system in a way that hardworking Americans, electricians, fucking iron workers, there were so many things that they were not allowed. They're not allowed to write off their tools. Right. All parts of... Um, he screwed them. He screwed right. his base. But even before that, the fact that Cambridge Analytics has got... I mean, we used... To, 20 years ago, we were like, I think the tax rate should be this amount. No, I think the tax rate should be that amount. Okay, there's our major disagreement. Let's go have dinner. Now, it's at this point where we cannot tolerate each other. But that intolerance of each other is all based on these Cambridge Analytics lies that suckered us and got sold to Russian bots and all that sort of shit. So, I, I, I can't even seem to get through to my Republican friends like, dude, even this, like, libtard things you keep insulting and see the stupid and Ocasio-Cortez. I'm like, dude, this is all based on lies that we all fucking got bought into five years ago. Three and a half years ago. Okay, so this is, this is one of the things my dad sent me. And this tells you how the other half thinks. I, I, uh, so my dad says to me as he sends it, very politically incorrect, but somewhat true, I think. A cookie. It's just the beginning, America. Let's not be fooled like the Europeans. If you give a Muslim a cookie, he'll complain that it isn't halal and demand that you provide one that is. If you give a Muslim a halal cookie, he'll demand that you give him a job so he can buy his own cookies. If you give a Muslim a job, he'll demand you give him time out to pray. If you give a Muslim time out to pray, he'll demand that you respect his prophet. If you show respect for his prophet, a Muslim will demand that you stop singing your national anthem. If you stop singing your national anthem, a Muslim will demand that you elect him to Congress. If you elect a Muslim to Congress, he'll demand we change our constitution so we are no longer allowed to speak freely or have guns or worship the God of our choice or any God at all, or not any God at all. If we change the constitution to what a Muslim demands, he will demand that Sharia law be followed by everyone in the land. If Sharia is followed by everyone in the land, then Muslims will be permitted by law to execute anyone who disagrees with them or does not dress like them or does not worship Allah. Congress, you gave Muslim a cookie. So did you, London, France, Greece. Already the newly elected congressional woman from Michigan is criticizing Pence for his Christian values and beliefs. It's just starting. 
Uh, that's interesting because that poem is doing what they are f- afraid a Muslim will do someday. Right. And I don't know how the singing national anthem got worked in there. I don't understand uh, any a of lot this. Of, a lot of these things are... Uh, jingoistic bullshit. But they're like leaps of logic. Like yeah. um, give him a cookie and then he'll demand um, Sharia law. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, and I hate that I my father know. sends me stuff like that. I think he does it just because he knows that By the way, it will make me angry. I often think of Annette Mullaney's uh, joke about um, Sharia law. I don't know that joke. What is Annette okay. Mullaney's joke um, about that? So in, under Sharia law, uh, to testify against a man, a, for a woman to testify against a man, you need two women oh. to testify against a man. Wow. And uh, it's like, oh, gosh, so unfair. However, it took 53 women to get uh, um, um, Bill Cosby. (laughs) So if it only takes two, I think I'm all for Sharia law. If that's Sharia law, I think I'm... Uh, Yeah, I'm down. I have a joke that's similar. It's if, uh, if, uh, if a man makes a decision, it's followed. If a woman makes a decision, everyone forms a committee. That's um. I just feel like any time. Yeah. So uh, people don't believe women or not that we don't believe women. They're just dumb and belong in the kitchen. So like keep them there. Am I right? Uh, First Muslim Congress Congresswoman mocks Pence's Christian faith. I'm I think that's just crazy. It's a real thing. But hey, Christians are weird. And I was raised as one of them. So yeah. And uh, I believe we have the right to mock. other. Yeah, we do. Representative Ihan Omar, the first Muslim woman elected to Congress, along with fellow Democrat Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, mocked Vice President Mike Pence last week with a tweet captioned, Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) That's very funny. The tweet was one of many mocking Pence's apparent passivity during an Oval Office clash between President Donald Trump, incoming Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. However, critics accused Omar of mocking Pence's stalwart Christianity, and she offered no clarification. Omar may not have been reflecting a religious prejudice of her own, but rather the generic prejudice against religious Christians that is common to the far left. I mean, I'm, that's the thing is when you put in stuff like that, it's like, well, this is the InfoWars Alex Jones radio show stuff. So I think it's interesting. I'm like, yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. Well, I mean, so uh, they're like saying, look, um, uh, mocked Prince, Pence's religious convictions. Um, did they mock his hypocrisy right. disguised as religious convictions? Because a lot of these like religious convictions, it's like, oh, um, I don't want to uh, mock Ted Hazard's religious convictions, but uh, he did get caught with meth and a gay lover. Ooh. Um, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, but he still has religious convictions. It's like actually he has religious hypocrisy, but someone could spin that as to mocking him, you know, like. Right, I am mocking him because he got caught with meth and a gay lover. Yeah, you know, I know like, the, the hypocrisy <laughs> is right there. Uh, so yeah, I am mocking him. However, he deserves it. I mean, they're like they're you know. Uh, so I wonder what the mocking part is. Is it just pointing out how you know weird he is or whatever? Or well, it's that he's, how he supports a guy who pays off porn stars and uh, I know. And isn't that funny? Because that's like and apparently Trump snorts Adderall. Really? That's cool. Where'd you hear that from? Breitbart uh, Analytics? Uh, Cambridge Analytics? From several sources. It's wow. been an ongoing thing that he takes... Um, uh, wait, wait, did I say the right thing? What did he store? Adderall. Adderall. Yeah, something to get him up. Uh, he he uh, 
I love this. Tom Arnold claims Donald Trump snorted Adderall on the set of NBC's The Apprentice. This is very funny. I love this. Snorting Adderall. Snorting Adderall is terrible because um, it's a time. Adderall is a baby, a methamphetamine made for babies for children, but it's time release in your tummy. So if you snort it, it's extra super strong. I would even say that snorting Ritalin is better for you than snorting Adderall. I mean, just from a drug perspective. Uh, My point is, isn't that an illegal use of a prescribed drug? Absolutely. And absolutely. Is, he, is that his, I mean, so he's basically taking illegal drugs in the oval. So the, here's the thing about um, Adderall is that it is methamphetamine, but people think it's safe because it's made for children. Now, if you have ADHD or ADD and you have that chemical imbalance in your brain, when you take light small doses of methamphetamine it focuses you and it doesn't make you like high but someone like me who's not ADHD everyone thinks I am but I'm not when I take Adderall or Ritalin or any of those baby methamphetamines or any methamphetamines at all I get super high so is Trump using it for I mean if you're snorting it it's clearly you're not well it's not uh you know, it doesn't sound like he's taking it for a medical reason if he's snorting it. It sounds like he's taking it for the, the blast. This is great. Actor and comedian Tom Arnold accused President Donald Trump of previously abusing Adderall on the set of NBC's The Apprentice. Donald Trump abused Adderall on the set and it made him crazy. He even snorted Adderall. Mark Burnett it knew it. It's scary. He wrote in a tweet accusing The Apprentice creator of knowing that okay. the president took attention deficit hyperactivity dr- disorder drug. Um, now, this, here's the quote from Tarmon. This guy worked on Celebrity Apprentice for six years. He did the after parties and was Jared and Ivanka's handler. Donald Trump abused Adderall on the set and it made him crazy. He even snorted Adderall. Mark Burnett knew it. It's scary. Watch tape. And then there's a thing. Watch from 328. Terrifying given the side effects of Adderall and being in control of the largest nuclear arsenal on the planet. We should, we should watch that video in a sec. Um, Arnold's tweet came in response to allegations from stand-up comedian Noel Casier, who claimed he worked on The Celebrity Apprentice for six years. During a set earlier this month, Casier said Trump snorted crushed up Adderall and, gave, and called the commander-in-chief a speed freak. He also alleged that the president would invite teen beauty pageant participants up to his room. Newsweek reached out to Casier on Twitter, seeking proof that he worked on the show, but did not receive comment prior to publication. Quote, I worked on a bunch of those beauty pageants he had in the 90s, too. That was a good idea. Miss Teen Universe? Yeah. It's like giving Jeffrey Dahmer a cooking show. He would line up the girls on the side of the stage and would inspect them. Literally, he would stick his little freaking doll fingers in their mouths and look at their teeth, Casier said. I'm not kidding. This is true. He would line them up like they were pieces of meat. He'd be like, you, you, and you. If you want to win the penthouse suite, you'll come see me. If Trump had a cooking show, they'd call it the douchebag diet. McDonald's, chocolate ice cream, and girls that look like Ivanka are all he ever eats. He then alleged that Trump was a speed freak who crushes up his Adderall and sniffs it because he can't read, so he gets really nervous when he has to read cue cards. Casier said that he signed a non-disclosure agreement. I didn't know that he was becoming president. Now it's no way, dumbass. I'm telling everything I know. Arnold has previously spoken out against Trump and Burnett. He claims tapes exist that uh, show the president acted inappropriately on the set of The Apprentice, but has not brought forth evidence to back up his allegations. While President White House 
press, press secretary Sarah Standers, the Trump Organization and Trump Productions, who helped produce The Apprentice, did not comment prior to publication. A number of former workers on The Apprentice have previously criticized Trump. In 2016, the Associated Press interviewed more than 20 people, including former contestants and workers with the reality TV show, who said that Trump, quote, repeatedly demeaned women with sexist language. Sources said that he would discuss women's breast sizes. Okay, I, I want to cut in here. Yeah. None of this is news. None of this is breaking. None of this is... I think it's breaking. Uh, it, no, it, not only is it old, but we all already know it. I didn't know this. You didn't know? Okay. No. I didn't know that. I remember an old cartoon where they were saying about, like, we don't want the... that was about It was, it was likely about, like, tra- trans, trans people in the bathroom. And it's like, look, I don't want these weird people with their crazy hair... You know, in uh, you know, in the wrong bathroom, and it showed a picture of Trump in the background, totally walking into the dressing room of the like the, the, the side of the door said like Miss Universe uh, changing room, Be, t- making light of how like Trump is this crazy, pr- you know, like he's allowed in the wrong bathrooms, like and they're all focused on trans people in the quote wrong bathroom. This like, is fun. Trump sniffing sixty times during speech raises new concern about Adderall addiction. I, I mean, I'm, I'm. That's cool, but I think it's actually was him. His dentures weren't in right, and he kept on like hard s- suck swallowing to get his dentures back in place. I, I don't know, but I think it's interesting that he. I mean, God, I hate this guy so much. Yep. He's the worst. For one, his report contained the fiction that Trump is six feet, three inches tall and weighs 239 pounds. His actual height is closer to six feet, one inch, and he looks considerably heavier than 239 pounds. He has doctors lying for him. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, Yeah. uh, I mean, it's like Sam Harris said he's not a liar. He's a bullshitter. Oh, there's such a difference. Yes. A liar, like, knows they're lying, tries to put it in fact, you know, wants to be believable. There are some reality in there. But a bullshitter is just like, blah, blah, blah. Whatever comes out of their fucking mouth, it doesn't have to have any basis in reality. It doesn't have to flow to a point. Like, you know, how many times have you heard the, uh, you know, like, well, what's your... Like you're punishing this country, you're punishing that country. What's your theory here? What's your theory? And he doesn't have a theory. He's just like out bullshitting, you know. Like there is there is a difference between lying and bullshitting. This is this is exciting. I put in Trump height weight news, and I I didn't get very much, um, but I got fake Melania rumors resurface as decoy first lady holds president's hand. What? This is two days ago from from the Daily Mirror, which is like, uh, I guess, an English tabloid. I mean, this pops up every once in a while. A sufficiently uh, uh, Slavic face of sufficient beauty. I wouldn't be able to tell if you could if you put five of those people in a row. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to pick out Melania from the crowd. So the body double is definitely possible. She certainly doesn't want to be part of all this circus. She married a rich guy to fucking get out of Ukraine and did not expect all <laughs> it, It's this. Slovenia or Slovakia. They both border hungry. My God, she's starving. Uh, so he does lie. He says, um, 
he's saying that he weighs 236 pounds and if he's 63 that puts his BMI at 29.5 which is over which is overweight but not officially obese but if he's actually 62 which it appears he is then it means his BMI is 30.3 which means he's officially obese so, um, I think that be, he's even lying about being 236 pounds because you can look at the images of him to be fair to Trump I am overweight on the BMI index are you you are not yeah. because it's not correct but it's because you have more muscle than muscle weights more than fat. Well, um, you know when they say like, "Oh, he's five one." Are you five one? No, but just as you? an example. But like, you know, okay, he's five one, a hundred and ninety pounds. Oh, he's obese. No, he's not. He's a bodybuilder and he's jacked. You know, like right. you can't just tell from the BMI what your actual fatness is. This is funny. Here's Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick is listed at 6'4", 232 pounds. Donald Trump was just listed at 6'3", 239 pounds. Someone is lying. There's a picture of, oh, wow, Colin Kaepernick. Whoa, baby. Whoa. And then you look at schlubby motherfucker over here. Gross. So gross. What a liar. He's lying. He's lying about his weight even. Yeah, they also had the one where he was like, he's the healthiest, fittest president ever. And then they showed a shirtless picture of Obama next to him. And it's mm. like, it's like, come on. why? But like, why even? That's the stuff of Kim Jong-un and Joseph Stalin. To be like, oh, the best, smartest, best ever. Do you know that the first time Kim Jong-un ever played golf, he had four holes in one? <laughs> like, no fucking way, man. But like, that's the type of like, you know, to praise dear leader as a near God walking amongst us. You know, he doesn't shit. He doesn't have an asshole. He's not so not. base as you are. It's like, okay, come on. Stop, you know. So some of these lies, that's part of the bullshitting. That's like, why even talk about that? Who gives a crap? You know, it, it's, it's not... I, I, I care. This is what's relevant about it. It's proof. It's it's definitive that, proof that he's lying. No, the irrelevance is why is he lying about About, that? right. I see, I see. Because like I, it's the same way, it's the same reason that he suppressed, that he made someone suppress his SAT scores and his uh, college records and his all that stuff. Because... Someone might find out that he's lying, that he's not he's not the man that he claims to be. You know, it's so crazy. By, by the way, Einstein was a genius. Einstein had shitty school records oh, and man. made no business about covering them up. He's like, yeah, I was a bad student, but we all know I'm a genius. So it's yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah, really yeah, were yeah. a genius, like, yeah, check out how bad school is, man. Yeah. You know, like, why hide it? It doesn't matter what your SAT scores are if you're, like, an actual genius, you know? Uh, flake Melania Trump rumors have resurfaced with people convinced that a body double is holding the hand of the president. This kind of stuff I find hilarious. Like, could could there really be, like, what I, what have, is real? I'm telling you, I don't know what's real double. anymore. I don't know what's going on. Like, I can't trust anything. It, it's like so scary. This was a point I tried to make uh, on Facebook before I knew about Cambridge Analytics. Like, uh, you know, you can't tell the onion from um, the actual news. 
the actual news. It, like, tells bullshit stories about, like, oh, rabbits. You know, like, why are we talking about this? What's going on in Venezuela? You know, like, like the, the, the news itself covers fluff. Uh, the the the, uh, the satire news is so real you can't tell it's not real, and then they actually have like fake news like the Cambridge Analytics stuff like pumping us with this believable reality. It's like the news we definitely need to go back to someone who just reads off facts. Right. We need to have places like Fox and whatever to be like, no, we are clearly entertainment. And when you write satire, there needs to be like a red border around it. So we all know it's satire because it's like, I'll read satire from the Borowitz report and I'll be like, God damn it. And I'll be like, wait a minute, Andy Borowitz. Oh, okay. It's satire. But it's like the, the you can't tell the jokes anymore from the... You know, there's nowhere to go with irony and satire with some of the reality. You know, and here's the funny thing is that even when you're trying to look for something specific, they're suppressing things in the news. I keep trying to look up Trump's actual weight, Trump's stuff. And all I'm getting is this, the lie that he's put out and people saying, like, there's no, there's no official. It's like, it's almost suppressed, like things that they don't want us to see or know. Like the truth. I mean... I'm so scared. Yep. You, so anyway, let's talk about this scam that got a bunch of rich white people busted. What, when, what is this about? I have no idea what happened. Uh, there's been a long-running scam um, of bribery to get, uh, you know, rich people are, are, are past the point now of um, buying a building or paying for a wing of the library. And they're just flat-out bribing school administrators and coaches and stuff to get their kids into good schools. Uh, wh- when did this come out? Yesterday. Okay, so tell me what to look Felicity for. Felicity Huffman. All right. Felicity Huffman's. Felicity Huffman's children meet her daughters. Felicity Huffman, who has been indicted in a college cheating scandal, has two children, both daughters. Felicity Huffman awoke to FBI agents with guns drawn at her L.A. home in college cheating raid. Wow. And uh, it's been going on for a long time, apparently. And uh, sometimes on Facebook, when uh, something hits the news real hard, I'll be like, okay, put 30 seconds on the clock. And I'll like throw out like a bunch of little quibs on the... Uh, on the subject. This is crazy. Felicity Huffman was spotted for the first time since she was arrested. There's a picture of her. She doesn't, she doesn't look so good right there. Um, no, no one does after they get arrested. Huffman, 56, left a Los Angeles courthouse Tuesday, March 12th, shortly after she was released on a $250,000 bond. Uh, That's her not- husband, William H. Macy, was present for the hearing. By the a desperate way- housewives alum was taken into custody. At 6 a.m. Tuesday, her arrest came after court documents obtained by ABC News alleged she had made a purported charitable contribution of $15,000 to participate in the college entrance exam cheating scandal on behalf of her eldest daughter, Sophia, 18. The cake actress also alleged allegedly made arrangements to pursue the scheme for a second time to help her younger daughter, Georgia, get into a prestigious university, but decided not to do so. Lori Laughlin and her husband, Massimo Gianulli, were also indicted in connection with the college admissions scheme. The pair, whose daughters, Bella and Olivia, 
allegedly agreed to pay bribes totaling $500,000 in exchange for having their $2 designated as recruits to the USC's crew team, despite the fact they did not participate in crew, thereby facilitating their admissions to USC, according to court documents. Wow. So they're like, there's a lot. Those are just the two famous people, so they're really putting a thought. But there's other rich people who are doing the exact same thing. Like, oh, uh, they're taking like two water polo scholarships. And then they oh. aren't in water polo. And they're bribing people to be like, here. They're because people. money gets you ahead. You know what? That's the thing, though. If you're a rich person, just, I mean, I guess it gets you ahead. What, what are we trying to say? That there's any, like, college is a racket anyways. I can't. Right, but there was rackets that have like the veneer of legitimacy, and um, you know at least there were tests and such. I guess and it used to be the sort of thing like, look, I'll donate a building, right? To get my son in there, and now they're just like, okay, we're not donating a building, we're just paying the administrator. Here's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, my let in our kid. Student gets in here, so it's like the. Uh, someone put it out already on Twitter or something that was like, uh, you know, contributions and donations and adding buildings and, you know, we'll pay for, you know, your crew team's new equipment, um, as well as uh, tutors and good schools and, oh, fuck it, let's just commit a crime. Like, you know, you're already rich. You already have all those advantages. And when it comes down to it and your kid has to go to just a good school instead of Stanford. Like, it's not like these kids were like, it's that or the nothing. Yeah, but they should be able to go to Stanford anyways. They've got enough money to fucking pay for it. Like, isn't that what Stanford's about? Like, you you have enough money? No, uh, Stanford pretends to be about and purports to be about. Like, no, we have good students, man. Right. It's not just just rich kid country club. And if it was rich kid country club, they'd be like a bunch of professors be like, I don't want rich kid country club. I'm trying to teach cutting edge shit in my field to people who can understand. Like, it's like their betrayal is is deep you know but it's so dumb because if you're a rich person and your parents are famous like you need to go to college too don't even go to college just use your parents fucking it's like you can't stand on your own two feet anyways wait a minute what's wrong with the college that's second best to Stanford in the area like you can't just go to like a good school around here you've gotta push out some 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 poor person who worked their ass off and right. is a genius and deserves it is getting booted out because you are just spoiling power the fuck and out of your yeah, kid. Yeah, but it's power and privilege. Like we're gonna we're gonna say, oh, like let's turn a blind eye now to power and privilege. Like like Ivanka Trump is special in any fucking way. Well, Give like me I, a break. Like I said, the veneer of. Of, it's of, like it used to be a, uh, a meritocracy was the idea. Right. I love meritocracy, but it doesn't exist. Well, I, I love meritocracy what's, what's because better, I work hard. What's a better <laughs> word? Creditocracy or because uh, they're like just money, buying their money own? talks, bullshit walks. I mean, money talks, need, money talks. That's I need it. a side word from meritocracy to take up what this actually is. It's not a meritocracy. It's a creditocracy or, yeah, a, it's or, a, a, or a debitocracy or a. It's a fake it till you make it metocracy. Yeah, I, and now I'm like, can't you just actually have discipline and work and do something really but great? But like Gen Explain, I need the right combination of Gen two Explain, other words to yeah, make absolutely. the new word, not just call it, like if I just call it bullshit, that's, I'm not inventing a new word, no, you but aren't. bullshit. Right. I wanna, I no, wanna, no, I wanna, think about it. It'll be yeah. good. Uh, anywho, um, but that's sort of <sighs> so sad. The some of the stuff of this. 
that uh, this, you already have every advantage. You're also going to, like, when, no matter what um, community college they go to, they're going to inherit Felicity Huffman's money. Right, and and <laughs> William H. Macy, who's... And, and connections. So right, it's absolutely. Also like, but that was, like, the person, like, listed all these things that rich people have an advantage with, and then at the end it's like, and if none of that works, we'll just commit a crime. Yeah, but like, why Why did they arrest have her? all those goddamn advantages. Why arrest her and not arrest her husband? Who's, uh, who's committing she, the crime? I'll bet he didn't commit any of those crimes. And that she's the one signing the papers, and she's the one making the phone calls, and she's the one at the meetings, and she's the one driving the kid, and he's, you know... Just married to her. I'm, I'm sure he's. I'm sure they talked about it, and he agreed. Yeah, do what you can, honey. Yeah, but here it's it probably is. Probably her name. Olivia on Jade, Lori Laughlin's daughter, snared in scandal, rising social media star. Yeah, because everyone likes her on Instagram because she's pretty and her mom's famous. Fuck you. Fuck you and your privilege. Fuck. 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 I really. I'm so angry at people with power and privilege that can be that can champion the mediocrity of others. And they don't even have any gifts. Like, oh, it makes me so crazy that I'm never going to get ahead and this girl's going to get famous. You know what I mean? It's Pam, like, uh, I'd like uh, to remind you, you already have a huge step. And, you know, this was pointed out about joke thieves amongst professional comics when they were discussing it. That, um, you know, you could g- give all this advantage, but the reality is if you're a joke thief, that means you have no faith and ability to write your own shit. And you'll always be at a disadvantage. All the stealing. and the- So... You know, you can give these people all this privilege, but they're going to end up just being fuck-ups. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a parent a parent should know at a certain point you need your kid to fall down and scrape their knee so they know not to do that anymore. This is cute. This is a not-so-funny look at six comedians accused of committing plagiarism. Oh, by the way, to the schools that are involved in all this... Uh, as I recall, they had pretty strict rules about morals and ethics and cheating. Mm. Go on. Yeah. It's an immutable law of comedy under no circumstance may a comic use another performer's material. Naturally, with so many comics making observations about the world around them, similes or similarities are bound to exist between one guy's airplane food joke and another's. Allegation of joke lifting are common, with top-tier talent like Conan O'Brien and Amy Schumer often having accusations thrown their way. Schumer, for her part, vehemently denies any thievery. But throughout stand-up's history, some similarities have been too close to ignore. This is kind of interesting. Milton Berle, the late great star of stage, screen, radio, and TV, was once the nation's most popular comedian, earning him a 30-year television contract with NBC and the endearing nickname Uncle Milty. But to many of his fellow performers, Berle began, became known as the much less affectionate nickname, the Thief of Bad Gag, for his legendary penchant for joke lifting. Fellow legend and occasional enemy Bob Hope once remarked that Burl never heard a joke he didn't steal. In another instance, Jack Benny defended his own practice of using Burl's material by saying, When you take a joke from Milton Burl, it's not stealing, it's repossessing. Unlike many other accused bit thieves, Burl never went out of his way to dispel the reputation. Once joking to Larry King, I don't steal people's jokes, I just find them before they're lost. Two, Carlos Mencia. The former star of Comedy Central's Mind of Mencia has been accused of plagiarism by everyone from George Lopez, who once claimed he roughed up Mencia over a supposedly stolen set, to South Park. However, the most famous example was shared with 
the world thanks to a viral video posted by comedian Joe Rogan. In the footage, Rogan is shown running on stage to confront Mencia during a 2007 performance at the Comedy Store in L.A. Among other color, more colorful names, Rogan refers to Mencia as Menstelia. <laughs> Three, Dane Cook. Dane Cook reached the pinnacle of stand-up comedy success in 2005 when his album Retaliation went all the way to number four on the Billboard charts, sold out large arena gigs, movie flops, and tabloid coverage quickly followed and all served to fuel a rabid anti-Dane movement within the comedy world. With that came an intense microscope on Cook's material and predictably, uh, predictably a rash of joke-swiping charges. The most well-known includes a Cook bit that bears a suspicious resemblance to an earlier one by Louis C.K., one of the most revered comics working today. Although compilations <laughs> seem to, yeah, <laughs> he has sold out bits. Um, he sold out uh, for six shows in in Missouri. Um, uh, fucking Steve Pogge's going to try to wa- uh, work the door. Although it sold out in twenty minutes, six shows. Although complications seem to confirm that Cook has used at least three of his bits, Louis C.K. has mostly downplayed it. I'm not going to do anything about this. I'm not going to court over a bit called Itchy Asshole, he once joked. Just for good measure, measure and consistency, Joe Rogan has also accused Cook of lifting jokes. Four, Robin Williams. Long before he was an Oscar winner, Robin Williams was known to comics as a major material thief. He was even alleged oh, no. to have his other comedians... Ma- to have used others' comedians' material on Johnny Carson's The Tonight Show. One well-traveled anecdote claims that when a fellow comic spotted Williams in the audience of a comedy club, then he would then immediately stop their act to prevent him from writing down their best jokes. According to Richard Zoglin's book, Comedy at the Edge, David Brenner once asked Williams' agents to tell Robin, if he ever takes one more line from me, I'll rip off his leg and shup it up his asshole. (laughs) Williams discussed his younger days in comedy and of not understanding the consequences of borrowing material with Mark Maron in 2010. He once playfully referred to the practice as joke sampling. Jay Moore, the former host of Last Comic Standing, is an admired comedy plagiarist. In his 2004 book, Gasping for Airtime, which recounts his tumultuous two-season stint on Saturday Night Live, Moore details an infamous incident in which he took a New York comedian's joke and turned it into a sketch. NBC was forced to settle with the joke's originator, but Moore himself escaped any serious repercussions. And the last one is Dennis Leary. The former star of Rescue Me has been accused of stealing not only some material, but the entire stage persona from one of the late cult comics, Bill Hicks. He's also been accused of lifting material from former stand-up and Hollywood heavyweight Judge Apatow and Louis C.K., but Hicks himself, who was close friends with Leary, severed his friendship with him over the number of lifted jokes used on Leary's No Cure for Cancer album. I have a scoop for you. I stole his act. Hick joked with the Austin Comedy News in 1993. I camouflaged it with punchlines, and to really throw people off, I did it before he did. Hicks passed away from cancer the following year. So on on joke thievery, um, so uh, there's this thing just came out with millennials and okay. how they all look alike, and there was an article about it. And, uh, you know, when you, well, uh, well, as you try to be nonconformist, everyone starts nonconforming in the same way. And then it comes to the yeah, with their car. dumb mustaches yeah. and their stupid. So this hats. one guy sued an advertising company for using his image without permission. Oh, and it turned out that that wasn't him. 
Oh, wow. And it's, to me, that's all this like hits all these millennial points like, oh, they're suing and all this thing. Yeah. And they're wrong. And it turns out he is not creative at all. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Snowflake. Uh, Snowflake. You know, t- three comics later, Ian Levy comes in and does the same joke. And everyone in the room turns and looks at me, and he's about through with it. And you're like, that's a great insight that we just heard 10 minutes ago from Matthew Quirk. You know? And he's like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, cross that off the... You know, so it's like, we could all be looking at the same news article and all come up with the same punchline and just not know that someone just said it. Like, right, so, but 9021 Blow, if anyone did that joke this week, yeah. they'd know that they, <laughs> we'd know that they stole it from you. We'd yeah. know. Yeah. Or, but, but, but the idea, or is so it parallel? Parallel thinking, but is it parallel thinking? Right. Could, could someone go nine hundred two one blow? It's the same thing. Uh, chastity pelt. I thought I was a genius talking about my huge bush that I don't shave. Yeah. And I, oh, it's a chastity pelt. And I thought, oh, I'm a fucking genius. And then, lo and behold, someone else used the same thing. And yeah. at first, I was like, they stole that from me. And then I was like, nah, it's parallel thinking. Uh, it's probably parallel thinking. And there's yeah. probably a YouTube clip of someone saying that twenty years ago exactly. that got sure. lost in time from yep. some no bit. Two bit nobody. Exactly. Uh, so like th- that's all. I'm I'm for that potentially happening, and you know, to it happens. Sure. Know, we're, we're all good. If I, someone had a whiskey dick for real joke, though, I'd be like, you stole my joke. I've been doing that joke for eight years. Yeah, I've heard a few ginger people use some ginger, not the hard R thing, and I'm like, hey, that's kind hey, of my joke. Kind of my joke. Yeah, oh, you yeah. might be in the wrong territory. But uh, some of it's parallel thinking. But then I, I, I've definitely seen other people. I mean, there's one comic in particular. I thought she was taking a few of my things and I just recently hear her t- tell another thing that's a lot like another comics story and I'm just like I think you're just and just waiting for someone to say shit like that you're just stealing other people's like little bits here and there when you're desperate sometimes I think it might be not conscious because you'll hear something it'll oh I, I consciously it'll steal it'll percolate in I consciously steal people's us. jokes but I don't do them on stage in yeah. that I use Paul Sanford's joke all the time I'm so unhip I thought Kanye West was an airline now I'll use that in like normal conversation. I won't do it on stage uh, right, that's totally because different. that's totally stealing. Different. Totally different. Totally different. But I won't reference his joke when I'm in a conversation with people. If I'm trying to talk about how unhip I am, I'll take those laughs, but, even though that's his joke. So part of the thing I want to talk about, like getting a skit together where we have like a committee of funny, where we approve and disapprove people. We also need that. For the people like, no, that's stolen. No, that's a street joke. I read that meme. Oh, I hate it when people use street jokes. I, I used to, it's called hack. My first, one of my first jokes that used to get really, really good res- response, and it's still on the internet, and it's terrible. I stole it from a bar joke. It's um, the, try dick again. It's the lesbian yeah. and antidepressant. And I, I made the beginning all different, but the, the punchline is, try dick again. Yeah. Which is... You know, but it's totally and I and I so in the beginning when I was a not a good comic when I was just starting out I thought oh this is great this is great and now I'm like oh god so hack why yeah. would I ever use anything hacky from a bar it's the same thing of like um, having sex have anal sex in a dolphin or something you know that no that's a bar joke but well so uh, I want to work that into like a sketch where we talk about that and actually at a certain point in the little uh, sketch like the comedy community turns on the committee and is like you know actually we've been talking and you're not funny like you know like why there is no committee about this you know uh, but you know but there's also uh, the opportunity for o- homages like I talk sure. about uh, 
the, I talk about Bush too in one of my bits. And talk. Oh, about I how, like that, Charlie. It's searching for Charlie, looking out for Charlie. But that is an homage yeah, to Kinnison, oh. who in Back to School talks about being in the jungle, looking out for Charlie. You okay. know, yeah. And sure. uh, you know, I do another one where I talk about being in a van, and you know, where do I go to the bathroom? Well, I go when I, I eat. I go to a restaurant and eat, and you got to time that shit. <laughs> which to me is a is an homage to Bernie Mac. Sure. Which is his breakout set where he's like, "You got to time that shit, DJ." You know. Right. And uh, I ain't scared of you. Sure. I did. I, um, I did some Sam Kennison last yeah. night, just yelling into the microphone. But I, I, and I don't drum it on. I don't lean on it. I don't right. work it all the time. But sure. when I do, but the but so some of this but stuff. But everything's might be, derivative. Oh, everything's yeah. plagiarism because we're all using the same 26 letters of the English alphabet. We're slamming them together, making words. We're taking those words in the English language. We're putting them into sentences and we're making jokes out of them. And so everything is plagiarism. Using, everything is plagiarism. We're using the same misdirection tricks. We're, we're using, using the, the same, same. We're using the same script. Yeah. We're using. I mean, it's the same thing. When I was in writing school I took this one class and it was really interesting um, it was a fiction class and it was taking other people's novels and you'd specifically write down the whole plot of the novel write down like line by line but then you go through and you see that structure and you just change everything so if the man was a, if it was a man protagonist now it's a woman if they were going to the store now they're going to the mall or not the mall whatever you just you take that structure and then you you basically plagiarize the structure yeah the larger sweeps of storytelling are all kind of the same right so you take you, know. you take like a a Philip K Dick you know novel a, a detective novel and you look at all of the structure behind it and then you just completely change it so yeah. that it's your own but it, you, it was an interesting writing exercise it was an interesting class yeah the, the, the idea of storytelling and how movies oh we start with the crime right and then work backwards sure. or we start with the crime and then you know how did we get here well it all started blah blah it's the same sort of like structure I mean know, he like, even had us go through a chapter and like take out a paragraph and just change everything and make it our own it was it was it was really interesting it was like it was like playing with plagiarism making plagiarism not plagiarism sort of yeah. like but it's about the concept that if you change everything is plagiarism if you change one more verb it won't be plagiarism right exactly like clo- sure, sure, close sure, sure, enough sure. or like plagiarism right and um there we go. Um, we have a couple minutes left here on the AltaCast. Oh. Matthew Quirk has been my co-host. That's not real. It's out of batteries. Uh, <laughs> but we have we have about five minutes left here on the AltaCast from High Noon. I'm high. Thank you for the coffee. I, I put I put a weed treat in it. I'm, I'm going to be high all day. It's crazy. And God, I'm such a ter- I'm terrible interviewer. I get so stressed. Nobody's going to watch that thing anyways. I hate video of myself. I hate it. Get over it. No, I'm not going to. There's a reason I do. There's a reason I Wait, do radio. My saying, "Get over it," didn't just solve your no, problem no. immediately. It's just that <laughs> I, I have a fundamental problem with film because yeah. if I was going to be, you know, I don't know. I don't like the well, way I, I don't like the way I look on film. I I feel like I look like beaky. Like I don't. Well, the, I like uh, still photos of myself, but your punky Brewster image will come across, and you'll have even more fans. No, I, I doubt your, it. It's, that's cherub-like face and you're that's very sweet of you but I I don't I just I don't get it I don't that's why I don't get Instagram I don't get selfies I don't take selfies I've never taken a selfie I've taken other people have taken selfies with me in them but I've never been like let's take a selfie I think that it's It's, a level of narcissism that I just 
it is against, haven't embraced because I don't think I'm pretty. It's enough. against my nature. It's a thing that wasn't so popular, you know, when I was growing up. Like to be that, you know, uh, self-focused and like you're so interesting. Not that I'm not interesting, but like to force it on everyone else and you know interrupt. It, it just that sort of behavior, but. I just long self-objectification. Good behavior like, oh. has stopped being rewarded, and at best, it's not punished. And bad behavior is definitely not punished. I mean, I I, I see that all all over the place. I mean, this joke thief thing. Oh yeah, bad behavior is not punished. It's true. You know, when you hear Joe Rogan's story about it, they basically stopped him from coming to the comedy store to do sets because. Um, for accusing the joke thief of stealing jokes and everyone's agreed that he was a joke thief but no one to go out on a limb because enough people were like well you know we all the comics know he's a joke thief but the audience does it and he's selling tickets and because there's enough money right you know? yeah and, and and so too around here who's gonna stand up who's gonna back you up if, if you stand up you know I, I've had many incidents on a line around here where people are cutting in the line to sign up first and it's like hey in the order that you show and like I'm standing up to some comic who's like be, and like no one's backing me up everyone's just like well he might be more famous than me or you know like even in our little market there's definitely that like the hierarchy no, of no courage well, of to stand up for what's right like no that's a joke thief no you are a, a, you know unfunny or, or you know or whatever <laughs> you're never supposed to tell someone they're not funny yeah. that's so low that's so heart hurtful but like although said, I said earlier that a person wasn't funny but, and, but I didn't say their name hogging up stage time that's true that's true they're Especially not funny I it, that was one of the things that made that's all we'll finish on this one of the things that I find so almost offensive is when you're booked on a show and A you bring your notes up there like you unprofessional hack so you're booked on a show you bring up the notes and then at seven minutes of a ten minute set you kind of start floundering and you're like what, what am I gonna say it's like get the fuck off stage you dumbass yeah. get the fuck off stage don't don't be mediocre don't be a mediocre comedian if you're booked and fuck it up for the rest of us I you know I only have 10 minutes. You you want to you want to make people listen to your meandering for those extra 3 minutes? Why don't you stop being a selfish hey. prick and give me 3 minutes, man? Cuz I actually have shit to say. Yeah. I got actual jokes. Don't stand up on stage. I have 3 minutes left. There was what am I going to do with it? Fucking, Fuck you. There was a whole thread on Facebook about that like don't be taking 20 minute spots if you're not really a middle. If you can't do 20 minutes. I know there's so many people right now that I've been seeing them I'm like headliner. I'm like headliner? <laughs> Right, but, but you can't expect... You've never seen me do a hot 10. And the people go, I, I was trying to do a show... You can't expect a delusional comic to... Everyone thinks they have 20 minutes. So I wanted to start this new show, and I think I'm going to start doing with Pamtastics. I'm just going to book less people and give them more time. But I put it out there like, hey, if I started this show where everyone gets 20 minutes, you know, who... The people that think they have 20 minutes, I was like the audacity of you in your first year of comedy to think why don't you focus on doing a funny three why don't yeah. you fo focus on five punchlines and making people but laugh every, instead of trying to 20 minutes new, fuck right. you every new comic shows up thinking that they're gonna knock the fucking <laughs> comedy world on story. like it's and true. I'll be on Saturday Night Live next year and right. then I'll it's be true. on yeah. and then I'll be on and so you can't expect them to make this decision because all these people are like, oh, all these delusional comics. I'm like, delusional is the only thing we all have in common. Because we're not enough. all funny. You know, That's we're not true. all whatever. We're and all delusional. We're all delusional. I have something to say. And, and 
this sounds to me like it's the booker's fault. The booker should be the one like, you can't take this 20-minute slot because you have five minutes and just think you have 20 minutes. Right. But then if you tell someone that, you're an asshole. But I've even had that discussion with people. Like I'm like, you can't do an hour. They're like, oh, I could do an hour. I'm like, yeah, you'll live through an hour, but you're not going to have people laughing every, right. every you know, 30 seconds for an hour. Yeah. But they're like, oh, I could do it. I could do it. And it's just like, ugh. No, you, you know, this reminds me of other people in sports who are like, oh, I could do it. Like, all, right, all right, meet me at practice tomorrow. We'll see. And of course they can't. They just assume that they can because they played a video game once or something. You know. Well... It's Netflix that's ruining it all because people are like, I'm watching these now. I'm f- I could do this. I could do this. App. I could do it. And then it's like, dude, it is so hard to put together well, 20, 20 minutes. That's if you want to have 20 minutes of good stuff, anyone can talk for 20 minutes. Yeah. But to be funny for 20 minutes is fucking hard. Yeah. I basically have to take the three sets that I have that are solid and put them all together to make 20 minutes and they yeah. don't and they don't really connect. <laughs> well, it would, it would be like 9 minutes of one thing, 7 minutes of another thing, and then the rest of it the last thing that are not like, like sure. they, they would not it would be like one big 20 minute story. It would be three smaller stories within the 20 minutes. And not well, even stories, you know. What I'm saying. We just talked for an hour and 50 minutes because we're awesome. This has been the AltaCast. I've been joined by guest co-host Matthew Quirk. Hopefully next week Latoya will be back. It was really fun having you on. Thanks for inviting. It was me. love you. Lovely. Love you. Oof, that was weird. That came out funny. Oh, Freudian slip. You heard it here on Mutiny. I love him. <laughs> I've been in an effusive mood. It's all of these pot treats. Hey everybody, donate to Mutiny Radio. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. Asiento. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. 
They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, punk rock and schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Benders is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Benders Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips, don't. (laughs) 
don't know anything about it. Sorry. All so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from twelve to two. Uh, oh, you can if you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, and Google Play and Stitcher, iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter. Podcast, MOV Podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you 